congratulations again to this year's graduates. No more teachers, no more books, dabbing dudes, and looting crooks. Hey, whoa, slow down. We haven't even gotten into a house yet. Yeah, but which one are we going for? How about the brokers? Look, I didn't graduate from Henshin School with one of them cum loudly degrees like you did. Them law geeks ain't going to want nothing to do with me. It's called magna cum laude. And if I didn't graduate with you, I wouldn't think you graduated. He's got a point. I'm not really into labor, but I hear the Riveteers are into smashing things. I could be into that. No, no, no. Cabaretti is the only answer. Parte city. Haven't you gotten that out of your system by now? I'm tired of picking you up off the ground. Actually, it's a good fit. For him, at least. You can't be brainwashed if you've got no brain. Hey! You realize we won't be doing any of those things as peons. We'll basically just be gophers. Yeah, going for more Halo. No one's got it like the Cabaretti. No. How about... No. But I've got a Halo problem. Not enough of it. I don't really think Secrets in Shadow is our thing either. So I think Obscura's out. I, I agree with that. You two don't know how to keep your mouth shut. So I guess Maestro's it is then? Yeah, I, I, I don't really understand all that highfalutin art. But we do understand Luton, eh? Eh? We are just wasting our time with this conversation. <laughs> you may find this interesting. Ooh, a card. Thanks. Nice graduation gift. Give that to me, you idiot. Wait, who is that? I didn't see. You get a good look at him? Uh, I, I was looking at the cash, weren't you? Shut up for a second. It's a job offer. We're recording now. Yeah. I probably shouldn't swear. Um, yeah, it'd be preferable because that's some editing I have to do. Okay. Oh, How many right. swear words have you had to edit out for me? Uh, about nine total. Do you keep a count? No, I just know because it's not that many. That's nine total for the entire podcast or just... I've had to edit nine uh, bleeps out. Oh, okay. Some of them I removed entirely, but when I count them, it's like I had to insert the beep noise. Oh, okay. So you had one, I had one, and then Dave had the rest. Oh. <laughs> sailor over there. When my wife saw the podcast, she, she said, oh, there's no cussing in your podcast? How are you doing that? Lots of beeps. <laughs> it's like, not well, probably. Not, not well. I hadn't really thought about it. Welcome to Magic Proving Grounds, the only podcast that tries to prove that every card should be a land. I'm your host, Dave, and with me is your other host, Ben. Hey, what's up? And also we have with us today your other other host, Other Dave. It's a lot of others. I mean, I think he's here. Maybe he's not yeah. here. I, I thought you were talking about the other, other, other Dave. I, I thought you said three others. That's my bad. Oh, yeah. Hey, we don't talk about other, other, other Dave. Does anybody disagree with the fact that lands are like the best cards in Magic? No, lands are the only card, and they should be the only card. That's why we got a whole cycle of the uh, dual-faced cards with the lands. I personally think every card should just be soul rings. Well, then how are you going to pay for the soul ring? <laughs> Uh, cheated into play. I don't know, man. <laughs> Urza yeah. Saga. Wait, never mind. That's a land. 
first you have to cheat out a Karn, and then you can play your Soul Ring for free. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, other other card games have made it so that any card in your hand or in your deck can be placed face down as a land, and it would solve a lot of the mana-fixing issues in Magic without really warping the game, because you're still, you're going to want to avoid it if possible. You're not going to want to sacrifice your spells to get a right. land. As we see with but, something like Balaged Recovery, where you can play it as a creature, or you can flip it over and play it as a land. You don't want to always make that choice. Look, I'm going to be real free with you guys. I don't want this, because about 75% of my wins are because the other guy got mana screwed, and I, I need to keep my win right up. <laughs> well, I'm all about it, then. Anything that's going to make you play better magic. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we're on the, the land train then. What yep. else have you guys been up to this week? Uh, I tried the Explorer format on Arena, which was interesting. I haven't played it enough to really tell if it's any real different from Historic, aside from, like, the Alchemy cards. It seemed okay. I, I didn't build a new deck because I don't have enough wild cards, but my Golgari food deck... I just needed, like, a few wild cards to turn it into an Explorer deck. So I messed around with that a little bit. But other than that, typical card shop magic mm. with the old Merktide. Venturing out into the wild to play magic. Yes. A wild Ben has appeared. Just walking around trying to... Uh, Get a pickup game. <laughs> pickup games. Pokemon style. In the, in the alley. You, you, you been up to anything uh, other, Dave? No? It's okay. You don't have to. Um, no, I... My internet is. I think I'm missing some audio. Do you have my oh. audio? I, I, you should. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Back in the day, you used to do podcasts in the same room with somebody. Mm. Oh, back in the what, like pre-COVID days, we just all yeah. huddled yeah. into a room and breathe on each other, and it was okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Back in the before. Uh, but to answer what I did this week, not that much. I worked a lot. I did buy a couple packs because I, I wanted to, and I got a foil showcase titan of industry, which I was pretty excited about. Yeah, the one card you didn't poo-poo on me last week. The, the one the one good card you picked, he, he loots the showcase version of? <laughs> yes, nice. foil showcase. Ooh, that's a shiny boy. I got to tell you this story because I, I, too, also tried Explorer, ran my, my mono red deck. In the ranked queue, yeah. Was like, was it just your straight historic modern red deck, mono red deck? Yeah. It, okay. Well, because I'm a lazy when it comes to building decks, and I don't do it. It was the mono red deck that was really good in standard, like a year ago. And it's, it's it's all right in the lower part of the ranked queue, so I still play the, it. Oh. Is it the one they call Red Deck Wins? That idea. Oh, every mono red deck, red deck. I say that's all mono red decks. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. Lump them all together now. It's I. I assume it's the one. It's that, the one uh, with, Seth Mansfield was playing in in Worlds. Uh, maybe I don't know. I I just pulled it off the internet. It's like good deck. <laughs> but it's the one that's got uh, Fanatical Firebrand in it and Verashino Pyromancer and then all the spectacle cards from. The, oh, yeah. Light up the stage. Maraschino Firemancer, my favorite Fire Rose, lizard yeah. to uh, munch on. Mm, very tasty. So it's like my third game in the queue. I'm like chilling. I'm doing a dramatic retelling because this is the funniest thing that's ever happened to me in entire, <laughs> my entire okay. life. So I'm like in my bed on my phone, like my wife's sleeping beside me. We'd finished watching Ozarks and I'm playing like enter the queue, get in. 
dropped a fanatical firebrand, go to my second turn, drop another land, and then throw a Verashino Pyromancer on it. The ETBs, and then I go to select the opponent for the ETB damage, and somehow my palm hits the, the screen of my phone just right, and I hit myself in the face with that damage. And there's like a, a <laughs> delay. Like, I'm in my first main phase. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm so totally going to lose. <laughs> this is the biggest noob thing ever. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I can recover. Because I thought about conceding right then and there from embarrassment. So I go to go to my uh, combat phase. And then the guy, the opponent, just concedes and leaves. <laughs> you scared him. Yeah. The best I could tell is that I freaking, like, just totally asserted my dominance. He read that as like this guy's T posing on me to show me what what he's got, <laughs> and then just quit. It's like this guy's overconfident. I'm not gonna waste my time. <laughs> I was like rolling. I was like, this is the best. Can't wait to tell this story a hundred times. It's hands down the best win I've ever won. Yeah, you should try it more often. See what the, the uh, stats on it are. <laughs> the win win loss ratio. I want you to tell that story exactly 100 more times every week for the next 100 weeks. <laughs> It'll get more grandiose each time. All in all, I think Explorer's fun. I've been playing a lot of it this week uh, when I'm not testing for the deck challenge. It's nice to not have to go up against the Arclight Phoenix deck with Faithless looting in it. But also yeah. you don't get to Faithless loot. So I think it's going to be a good solid format moving forward. I'm excited for Explorer. I just want, I, I'm not a big alchemy fan, so I just want a format that is true to paper, personally. Personally. Well, speaking Segway of alchemy, the news. I, I am a fan of alchemy in concept and not in practice. Explain. Uh, speaking of alchemy Dude, in the news. To ruined the segue. No. He had a good segue, I thought he did man. the segue. You, then you ran all over it. It's cool. All right, start over. You just cut this part out or don't. Yes. I like alchemy. It's a really good I, format. I'm pretty excited for just, it. Or wait. Let's not do that all over again. You can just chop it up and order there, it however you need to. Oh, fair. Because that takes so little time to do. <laughs> it's meaningless. It's a trivial amount of time. All right. Well, we can, uh, whatever you need to do. <laughs> I'm just me. What are you using point. to chop up the audio? You know, an audio program. What no shit. Which audio program? The Mac one, Logic Pro. Okay. It's really easy. It's not that big of a deal. It's just time consuming. He's just trying to make you. I, <laughs> I mean, that's his mo. Like, no, that's your mo. Well, yeah, because I make you feel so guilty. No, you just make me feel like an idiot. Who's Fair. the one guilt tripping who right now? <laughs> what we I mean is that other Dave likes Alphamy, but only in theory. Yeah. Having a format where you can make live changes to cards to make them more viable rather than just outright banning them makes it a healthier format at the end of the day. If it's something that you could do in Paper Magic, it, it would really kind of revolutionize the format. And you could come up with a way, just like all modern video games, balance their characters to have a really balanced, really fun card game. The problem with that is they don't respect your time with it. If they make a change to a card, they don't provide you with the wild cards or in the circumstances where they do, it's just wild cards for the change. It doesn't account for the fact that you're probably going to have to build a whole new deck and that you probably used wild cards to build that deck to begin with. Yeah, and you can't just burn the old card that they changed you don't need anymore down to dust to create a new card. You can't like craft a new card out of the old ones. You have to go grind for more wild cards or spend money. And don't get me wrong, Paper Magic has that same problem. 
Like, it's not like this is something that if you were playing Paper Magic, this wouldn't happen. You know, you know, in Paper Magic, your card would just get banned and then it would be worthless and you'd have to spend the money to build a whole new deck. It feels is, different, though, because at least I could get a dollar or whatever off of the card right after it's banned. I mean, it's good in another format. Maybe. Dude. Or Stoneforge Mystic would beg to differ. Yeah. I mean, don't get me it wrong. It came back it from the brink. <laughs> it never became like a dollar card or anything, but it took a pretty hefty hit when it got banned in terms of its monetary value. Mm. And oh, like yeah. same same with reprints. When they reprint a card, the monetary value goes down naturally for paper. Yeah, which is a good thing. Oh yeah, you know, unless you're somebody who owns the card and all of a sudden you know, has spent two hundred dollars to get the card, thinking I'm going to hold on to this. If I ever need to get money out of it, I can. That does. And, suck. and then it's not a two hundred dollar card anymore. Mm. Hey, it's like playing the stock market. But also, I think that's what you get for looking at magic as an investment rather than a game. Right. My personal opinion. Same. I'm like, I just want to have fun and play cards, which is why when I see big numbers, I go like, I guess I'm not doing that. The $50 card, I guess I'm doing something else. Yeah, oof. (laughs) And there's some truth to people who view magic as an investment rather than a game also drive up the value of it. The value of these cards would not get nearly as high if people were not literally investing in them and driving up the price. Yes, I agree. It's that perceived value, man. So, yeah, they did some alchemy rebalancing on the blog post announced cards that were being balanced. Oh, right. We were talking about alchemy. Yeah, right. Much like alchemy, uh, talking about the economy is way more interesting than talking about alchemy. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're an alchemy player, there's a blog post. We'll put the link in the show notes for that, but we're not going to belabor all the changes. I just wanted to point out it's annoying to me that they changed Omnath, Locus of Creation. They alchemied it, and then they rebalanced it again and if you're trying to play with omnath well omnath in specific is probably going to be good even with the changes but if they do this specifically with a bunch of cards over and over over time then you're constantly having to you know remove that card because it's no longer fitting the theme or the good of your deck and then you're now getting more wild cards and then they rebalance it so it's good now so now you're putting that card back in and it's i don't know they're walking a fine line here they could do it right or they could totally do it wrong my thoughts are that they're going to do it wrong and eventually alchemy is going to kind of go the way of the dinosaur i i do also like the idea of of the the cards that only work in digital formats that could not possibly work in a paper format oh yeah like the ones that have you draft a card from the spell book yeah like that i think the the concept there is really cool and if you're gonna have this digital space where you can break rules that can't be applied to paper i think you should it's in your best interest to do that and it's in uh, the enjoyment of the game to do that but it's really hard to take that into a format and and adjust the way that they have been adjusting without providing some kind of recompense whenever somebody has to rebuild over and over and over again right and I think that that was their thing with adding Explorer is that's going to be a non-alchemy format and they're going to try to phase Historic into like the alchemy format, you know, where they do all the changes and alchemy cards are legal. I don't suspect that standard alchemy is going to last. I think that'll be the first one to go. Yeah, I've got to pose a question to you guys. Video games in general rebalance stuff all the time. Like Overwatch does it, various shoot 'em up games, fix gun yeah. play mechanics and stuff all the time. Is it because Magic players look at it more from a paper mindset that this is something that salts them up real good? Or is it a a thing that just salts people in general? 
Um, yeah, I think that the perspective is that this card is this way, and when you change it, now it's not that way, and I am upset about it. I, I do think that's the general mindset. There, there's two other things to, to compare it to when you compare it to video games, too. The first is you may change the way a character plays in Overwatch, but I can still play that character at any time without spending extra money. I don't have to rework my entire deck and spend money to get a new deck or spend money to learn a new character. I can just start playing a different character at no cost. Um, right. And then the second thing is those players still get really upset when their character changes. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> that is not unique to Magic. Um, yeah, and I think if they had a dedicated format that was literally just alchemy... I think eventually people would adopt the mindset of like, okay, this evolves, this changes over time, and they would be less upset when something changes. But again, you're going to have that same problem where you nerfed my thing, you know, which, Mm. but I do think, honestly, alchemy is far more money driven than giving player choices driven. So I agree with that. It's the buy into that so as long as Wizards has that mindset of like, we're going to make money off of this first then I don't think alchemy will catch on like they expect it to catch on. Yeah, I I do. I also feel like the buy-in for Magic Arena sometimes is just too high. I mean, I'm able to create like one deck uh, as a free-to-play player like every season, and that's okay with me. For a lot of people, that's not. And a lot of people don't want to play, put the time in to have as many wild cards as I do to be able to do that. It's not cost-effective to build a deck in that game with money. Right. I mean, what is it, 12 wild cards for 50 bucks? Or eight rares and four mythics, that's $50 worth. That's like, woof. I wonder if they looked at actual card prices when they decided on that value. If they were like, you know what, 12 rares and four mythics, that sounds like something somebody would spend 50 bucks on in real life. Yeah, I think somebody did some math somewhere and said you could get a standard deck for about $150 if you consider you have the commons and the uncommons, right? Some A-tier standard deck, yeah. maybe not the most expensive one, but like maybe the mono white aggro one for $150. And that's parity to the price of the cards in paper. The problem is you can sell your cards in paper. Once you claim right. that wild card, you have that card forever. Like my mono white deck in paper, I can go and sell and turn it into a mono green deck. I can't do that on Alchemy at all. So once I spend those wild cards, that's the 50 bucks I spent. And that's no, what I, the problem I, is that they didn't consider or they did and they don't care. I mean, I agree 100%. I just, I was wondering if that was what they used as the basis for their value or not. Mm. Even in MTGO, I, I, I'm more accepting of it because you own those cards too, even if you just own them digitally and you can sell them and you can trade them. You can't do that in Arena. What I'm, I'm gleaning from this, uh, this conversation is that Alchemy's good in theory if the economy wasn't so bad. Yeah, that's how I feel. They fix their strategy and do alchemy a different way, then it's a good idea, but you got to get around that buy-in price. I think with all discussions about magic, it boils down to one thing, and that's that Wizards of the Coast is greedy. It's all about the money, baby. I think we've beaten this horse enough. <laughs> oh, it probably will get beaten in subsequent weeks for sure. For for. Almost. Please, please don't uh, dig up dead horses to beat them. I was going to say, just a disclaimer, no horses were harmed in the making of this podcast, just to be clear. Mr. Ed's my friend. The next piece and uh, final piece of notable news, in my opinion, for this week is the 
pride across the multiverse secret lair job. I love this idea. I love the fact that some of the proceeds are going to the Trevor Project, which is the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ young people. I thought maybe we could go and uh, talk about the art and the cards and perceived value. How would you guys think about the art? Uh, I love the art. Is it one artist that does this? I wanted to give a shout out. A collection of artists from the... Uh, yeah, because it doesn't look like the same art style. But yeah, the, the artists that do this, I dig the the art style of this. And what it represents for the LGBT community, too, was really neat. I, I think Bearscape might be my favorite art on any Magic card to date. I, I agree. I, it's gotten some controversy from people, but I just look at that card and everybody looks so happy and it makes me smile and it makes me wish I was that happy. What I love is there's a card that already existed named Bearscape and in the art, there's hot sauna dwelling males with big hairy chests and manscaped beards. It, it's like they Bearscaped themselves. It sounds to me like if you want to be that happy, you just need to find a hot spring and a big furry guy to cuddle with. Yeah. I'm a big furry guy, so maybe I just need a hot spring. And you'll fit right in. Yeah. And, and um, how about how about the actual bear just chilling in the background? <laughs> I thought that was cute, to be honest. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. Is that a bear in the background just chilling? How cute. Oh, and um, the flavor oh. text is great on that card, too. Uh, oh, they, I know, right? They built a refuge with their bear hands, like bear the animal hands. Nice. I like it. So any other uh, pieces of art stick out? Any cards catch your guys' eye or anything you're particularly from this, this collection? Yeah, I like Mana Confluence because I was building a Pioneer deck, the Naya Winota deck, and it calls for Mana Confluence. But I was like, I don't really want to spend $40 on a, a Mana Confluence. I think it was 46 I said, I'll wait for the Triome to see if the Triome breaks into the meta kind of thing. But now that they announced the Secret Layer, the Secret Layer itself is $40. And that's the price of Mana Confluence already. So you're getting a card worth $40 so that's playable in Pioneer. And then some other cards with great art. It sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's definitely one of the more like uh, value secret layers. I was just looking at one that they renounced with like a Death Shadow alternate art and things like that that didn't add up to $30, mm -hmm. which is fine because you're really paying for the special art, right? But this one seems better to me because I need that mana confluence anyway. Yeah, I like the Soul Ring. I'm not one that's like all about the the secret layer drops, but this is probably the closest I'm ever going to be to buying one. I haven't decided yet, but I'm like so close. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get this for the Mana Confluence and the oh. cool art too. Maybe it's we can make a deal that, that Soul Wing. I'll have Maybe. To get it. But I kind of want all the arts. And see, this is hard, man. I can't make decisions. I'm so indecisive. I wish they sold um, the Bearscapes separately. <laughs> just want all Bearscapes and tokens. That would be the, uh, the secret layer drop for me. Build a bearscape deck. If I got 36 of those, would you let me play a deck that was just 36 bearscapes and 24 land and call it legal? Yep. Yep. I mean, sure. You <laughs> wouldn't do anything because you would never get cards in your graveyard, but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. That would I could I figure it out. Yeah. We I just won't play out. land the first turn, and I'll discard my next turn. There you go. Building awkward decks out of cards that almost work kind of leads us into our next discussion as last week's podcast with the deck challenge and stuff. 
got me thinking about magic cards that exist that might not be great, but people always want to build cards around them. Rule 34-esque type observation I made where if a card exists, someone has tried to build a deck around it. So I thought we'd have a discussion about that and what you guys thought about the idea. In my younger years, I tended to be a more of a brewer. You know, back in the days of pre-instant access to all internet ever, all you had was a bunch of cards to try to build a deck around. And maybe some that that was the greatest days of magic. I don't know. You can still do it today. It's just too easy to get on the internet and look up a deck list, right? But I can remember a specific time when it was the Mirrodin block when Goblin Charbelcher came out. And I was like, I know that this card can win. And I tried the hardest that I could to make it actually really viable and never quite cracked the nut. I'll read the Goblin Charbuzzer here for everybody. It's an artifact that costs four colorless mana. Pay three and tap it to reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a land card. Goblin Charbelcher deals damage equal to the number of non-land cards revealed this way to target creature or player. If the revealed land card was a mountain... Garblin Charbelcher deals double that damage instead. Put the revealed cards on the bottom of your library in any order. So my thoughts about this card were like, okay, I can do massive amounts of damage. I just need to figure out a way to get my lands minimized and out of my deck so that it goes longer before it hits. And of course, you play only mountains and things like that was my thought back then. And it didn't really come together, but... Goblin Charbelcher had a very good resurgence in later years after Zendikar printed Creature on one side or Sorcery or whatever, and then a land on the back side. So it doesn't actually count as a land when it's in your deck. It counts as a creature. So essentially, the modern Goblin Charbelcher deck just allows you, as soon as you activate that, you go through your entire deck and do that much damage because it never hits the land. It's a really good deck. Uh, It just, when I tried to brew, it wasn't there yet. Time solves your problem. Yes. Um, do, do you have a, a particular card there, uh, other David? I, I'm sorry. Not enough others this time. I thought I was other, other David. Oh. oh. You can, again, yeah. just go back to calling me Superior Dave if you want. I'm okay with that. So I had a card originally lined up for this. I actually thought of another one that I actually I got, like, halfway to building a deck around, which is Psychogenic Probe from the Mirrodin block. Uh, and it was whenever a spell or ability causes a player to shuffle his or her library, Psychogenic Probe deals two damage to him or her. And I was just going to fill my deck with ways to force the other player to shuffle their library. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> and try to win that way and just constantly, like, destroy a land, search for a land-type card. Yeah, so you might be giving them a land, but they're also getting two damage. Right, and just forcing them to constantly sh- shuffle their library. Yeah, there's card. There's a lot of cards that do that. Like the there's like some coin flippy cards that make them shuffle if they. Yeah, lose there was an, there was another artifact in Mirrodin, I believe, that was just tap target player shuffles their library. I was running that. Yeah, yeah, but I never okay. quite got it there. Never got there. Okay, so this is my all time favorite card in all of Magic, and it's also the one that I've tried to brew. Sit around, thought about it. I think people might have cracked it a little better than I did way back in the day. It's a glacial chasm from Ice Age. It's a land, cumulative upkeep, pay two life. Uh, when an ETB sacrifice a land, creatures you control can't attack, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. You know, in my younger days as a aspiring burn player, this really appealed to me. But since that transition, people have used uh, Ion Tower 
to control how counters are put on it and stuff so you don't have to deal so much with the cumulative upkeep and then sacrificing it and crucible of worlds and stuff so it works but it's obviously not a tier deck at this point but it's always my favorite card when i sold my magic collection back in the day i kept all the copies I had of it. It's a nice card. Um, it's a weird. Uh, it's a very weird card, and that's what that's what that's what I'm talking about. It screams, do something interesting with me, but it never gets there. There was someone in my group in my college days who used it in a control deck. Interesting, interesting. I had a giant fan to blow counters off of it. Was it unglued? Oh, or was yeah, it? yeah. Like one of the unsets. One of the one of the first two unsets where you move counters with different cards. But then your silver border, and have you achieved anything at that point? I don't know. Um, so do you want to see if we can coin a name for this observation where if a card exists, someone will try to brew a deck out of it? They're a field of dreams type card. You know, if they if you build it, they will come or something. If they make the card, you will build it. Mm. You want to call it the, the field of dreams rule? Yeah. Field of dreams rule. We're all cool. dreamers as magic players. Cool. We are all, all big dreams. Is a Field of Dreams magic card, too. It's from Fallen <laughs> Empires. Pay one blue, Enchant World. Top card of each player's library is always face up. Hmm. Huh. Fallen Empires was a weird set. Yeah, it was. But, man, we used Bear. to get them cards. Remember we used to get the cards oh, out of the man. little uh, baseball card machine where you put the quarters in and then you push in and then come out and come in a cardboard uh, back, yeah, yeah. the cards yeah, yeah. inside of it. You got so many Elder cards. Dragons Fallen from Empires, there. Fallen Empires, the one that was, like, not even legal, even in Tier 1 player, was that Portal? It was Portal, wasn't it? Portal. Portal. Fallen Empires is the one that they printed into the ground and none of the cards are worth anything. They used to sell when we, uh, like, way, way back in the day, like, uh, what was the crafty store we used to buy cards at called? Dude, I don't even know. Ah, uh, there's a craft store in our. Oh, um, MJ Designs. No, was it? Yes, craft that was store? it. Yep, was it? Okay, yep. But they had but they had like seventy five cent packs of cards. We'd spend our pocket money on seventy five cent Fallen Realms cards. Not one of our best decisions, but you know, whatever. <laughs> we did not make out on that. No, we did not. But you know, everybody has those stories. Um, so moving on, we have the challenge that was put forth last week to talk about. Do you want to go over what y'all come up with first or you want? Let's set some ground rules. You, you cheaters here, just so everybody knows what we're doing. We're going to establish it here. So none of you try to pull any fast ones. All right. I'm so the fast at all. <laughs> So the rules of this particular challenge is the deck must be built around bootlegger stash. It must be standard legal. And when we go to play, we're going to do a best of three against each other. And then mm -hmm. if at the end there's a tie record for somebody, because we only have three people, then we will do a single match as a tiebreaker to declare the winner. So, for example, if I go 0-2 and, and you guys both go 1-1, one and one, then you guys will need to play one single match against each other to decide the ultimate winner. I mean, I don't understand how the match breakdown is going to go for declaring winning because I'm easily confused. Okay, so I'm going to play you, then you're going to yeah. play Dave, then uh -huh. Dave's going to play me, uh -huh. and then if one of the records at the end of that is tied, then those two people will play a single match to determine the ultimate picture. Okay, so you get a point for each match you Yes, saying? sorry, yes. You get a point for each okay. match, not individual game, each match. That's where I was confused. I was like, are we getting points per game or per match? Yeah, match only. Okay. 
we could use the score theoretically as a tiebreaker and then only have the tiebreaker match if both winners win 2-0. We otherwise. could. If, just like just like in an actual tournament, you know, if someone goes 2-1, they get ranked below yeah. a person who went 2-0. We could. I do like it's the just, idea of there being like one more hype match if it comes down to, you know I, what I mean? I'm okay otherwise with it just kind of Yeah, because otherwise it just kind of yeah. fizzles and you're like, well, on a technicality, you win. Because mm. you had a better record. Yeah, we can we can just do a tiebreaker match, and that's fine. We're all. It was just a thought I had. There will be no sideboard. The rationale being, if you didn't build the deck to account for the challenge, because you knew you were playing against the bootleggers deck, then you don't get to play the cards. So we're not doing sideboards. The other thing is, this will be live broadcasted, so to make sure that nobody's pulling any cheater moves, and we're doing it on Magic Arena. Monday, 1 p.m. from the podcast Twitch channel, which is just simply titled Magic Proving Grounds. Easy to find. We'll have the link to it in the show notes for everybody, as well as our finalized deck lists. So Monday, May 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hold hold up. We're broadcasting this live. Yeah, why wouldn't we? This is brand. So my my original plan to bribe other Dave with fifty bucks to let me win his match uh, isn't going to work. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's I, not. I, uh, I have PayPal, and you can message me. Well, while we're... if you guys are playing funky, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to know. You like, won't. I'm I'm too good for you to recognize when I'm throwing a match. Damn. And I'm too stupid for you to. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I think we could still maybe work this out. Um. No, obviously, I'm kidding. This is this is a bit. Got to keep the uh, sanctity of the game up. Um, yeah, I'm totally cutting out the part that you said this is a bit because, well, <laughs> man. Anyway, who wants to go first? I think since it's your challenge and I don't like talking. <sighs> okay, fair. Weird. You got me there. My idea about the deck is I'm going to get bootlegger stash out, create a whole bunch of treasure tokens, and fire off the ultimate for Halo Fountain. How I'm going to achieve this is by cards from New Capenna mostly and Forgotten Realms because they seem to have a lot of treasure stuff. I'm going to use the card Zorn to create a ton of treasure tokens. It's one red, two colorless, three two creature elemental. If you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead create those tokens plus an additional treasure token which then when I tap a land for, from bootlegger stash, I will get two treasures from. And then the way I'm going to get 15 creatures to create Halo Fountain Ultimate is stimulus package. Two colorless, one red, one green from New Capenna. It's an enchantment. When stimulus package enters the battlefield, create two treasure tokens, sacrifice a treasure, create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. And that's the basic no frills rundown of my deck. Don't want to give too much away. Any thoughts? Um, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> well, you know. well, that will be determined later. We'll just I'll just go on a limb and say like I really wanted to do the Halo Fountain thing, but I thought it was going to suck, so I didn't. Um, <laughs> Full disclosure: it's probably going to suck, but if I can ult the Halo okay. Fountain, I'm okay. Okay, so I guess I'll give the rundown on 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 my deck next, and then Superior Dave can go after that. I'm kind of on the same game plan you are as far as token generation goes. Got the Zorns, got the Gallic Greeters. Uh, there's also a handful of other cards I'm not going to go into that do incidental 
treasure token generation and mm -hmm. then stimulus package to turn them into the turn tokens treasure tokens into creatures and then i have two paths to glory in my deck one is devilish valet which is a two and a red devil creature that's got alliance when creature etbs double its power each time and it starts out as a one three so you can with a lot of tokens you can really get up there oh big. no it's also got trample which is important because you know you don't want to get and haste in. and haste yes i forgot about that i might and be haste. in trouble <laughs> yeah uh uh so that's path to glory number one the preferred path because it makes some big uh big smashies to the face and then um i also have witty roastmaster which is a two and a red three one i think it doesn't three, matter two. because three two okay yep. doesn't matter because you're not really attacking with this because what you want is it's uh, alliance ability that deals one damage to each opponent every time a creature comes into play so you're basically every time you stimulus package to create a token you're doing one damage to the opposing player um Oof. so this would be yeah. a good commander card because it's each opponent. Yeah, definitely a commander plant in that one. Boy, it stuck out to me. I like it. That's kind of where I'm at. And then, like I said, uh, incidental token generation for ramping into to bootlegger stash because six is quite the mana cost to try to get into quickly. Yeah, actually, the hardest part of me developing this deck was figuring out the early game because the late game was easy. It's figuring out how to get to that bootlegger stash that was the harder part of this it's amazing how much you can take control of a game when you have 15 creatures on the board yeah or like 30 mana in treasure yeah. tokens like it's insane um so what's your game plan there uh superior uh, dave so i am going naya colors also also using stimulus package to create tokens but i'm leaning more into the i guess you're also leaning into alliance but i'm leaning into different parts of it my plan is to use jetmer and then to go wide instead of going tall and, and try and swing with as many tokens from stimulus package as possible. Um, mm -hmm. Also using Jenny Faye to make my tokens 2-2 two, two haste cats instead of 1-1s one, so I can come at you the turn that I make them. Nice. I'll read uh, Jetmir off here real quick just for yeah. clarity. Here, I, I have it up. Um, okay. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0, and have vigilance as long as you control 3 or more creatures. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0, and have trample as long as you control 6 or more creatures. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 0, and have double strike as long as you control 9 or more creatures. He has a 5-4 for 1 white, 1 green, 1 red, and 1 colorless. Yep, and that's Jetmir. And then Jenny Fay is uh, the hybrid you can either use red or green, one green, and then you can either use a green or a white. And she says whenever you would create one or more tokens, you instead create that many 2-2 two, two green cat tokens with haste or that many 3-1 green dog creatures with vigilance. Oh, boy. You don't even really need stimulus package. I mean, it'll help, but, like, when you create your treasure token, it just turns into a cat. Yes. Correct. Oh, boy. Unless, unless he's got... Or a dog. You can deck. choose a dog, too. And yeah. then... Did you put Zorn in your deck? Are you doubling up tokens too, or no? Uh, I had him written down, but I had not actually put him in it yet. I probably will put him in. Yeah, he's nice. value. He really is. Uh, I had I actually had Jenny Faye in my deck in one of my builds, but I cut her because she wasn't really doing what I what I wanted anyways. Because you know having yeah. the, uh, the the dogs and the cats to attack with when you're not planning on attacking with them, so to speak, 
wasn't really worth the right. additional triggers uh, yeah. you have to go through because my goodness, I, I don't know if you guys have experienced this way playtesting this deck on Arena, but it is unforgiving with the amount of triggers it produces. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's like, uh, like I was like the last game I played because I was playtesting the the the, la- the build I decided on like last night. It was like midnight playing against Sparky, so this is the, a bot test. But I had like. 70 tokens that I was using stimulus package to turn into creatures. And I had so many stacks <laughs> trying to resolve, uh, so many triggers on the stack trying to resolve it. Once I was falling asleep where they were resolving, I happened to wake up and uh, to keep it going. <laughs> it, yeah, I have too many. I promise that we will not take prop bets on who will time out first during one of their turns and lose the match. <laughs> and that that bet will not be $50 placed by the other Dave. And that the bet will not be that I will lose to we're him. Doing this, we're doing this in the afternoon and not 12 o'clock. I will not fall asleep. Probably. Probably. I, I've played games with you in the middle of the day. You tend to fall asleep. Back when we used to play WoW and I was the cleric and I'd fall asleep in the dungeon. It's probably the worst. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you're healing. Probably, probably the worst position I've ever put you in. When you when you run head first into a trap in D and D online, that was your own dumb no, fault. No. Or, or wow, when we would we would queue for random dungeons, and uh, Ben would be the tank and I'd be the healer, so we'd always pop. And then I'd start falling asleep because it'd be like two in the morning, and he'd have to <laughs> people would try to boo me, and then he'd have to leave. Yep. Uh, good times. So just be like drop group. <laughs> All right, so that's our decks. That's the challenge. I'm ready to get you guys uh, beat you into the ground. Actually, just, I, I don't know, if you, Ultimate, the Halo Fountain, is it just like covering you in a bunch of angel juice? Is that, and then you just die? Is that how no, it, it, works? it just Ooh. makes an angel smoothie and you transcend to heaven. Oh, yeah, you're like, this is some good shit, and you just quit the game. <laughs> I'm done. Got all my needs met. It's like, I have transcended this mortal coil as you yeah. evaporate into heaven. That's how it works. I'm sure. Sounds about right. So if you guys want to watch that, Monday, May 9th, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will start the festivities off. Uh, go to twitch.tv slash magicprovinggrounds. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at mpgpod. We'll put live announcements for when we go live there as well. Plus, you get other other little bits. And the decks will be posted online through Mox Field and MTG Goldfish, but we'll also have the links in the show notes there, so you can just give them a one-over while you're watching or beforehand. Other than that, I think that's it. That's the challenge, yeah. And next I'm week we'll talk go. about the results. You know, give the crown to me, because I'm going to win. Unlikely. Oh, I thought he was joking. I was trying no, I was being. It's being serious, guys. I'm gonna didn't didn't we get me. an email that covers the subject? Anonymous emailer writes. <laughs> I'm sorry. What does it say? <laughs> it says Ben sucks. He really sucks. <laughs> well, listen, that is not polite. Okay, I'm the only person who can tell Ben he sucks. Yeah. Wait, no. Hold on. Email. I think that something's amiss here. Anyway, if you have emails, you can send it to show at magicprovinggrounds.com. Give us a heads up. Ask us some questions. Uh, we like food, so, and angel smoothies. And treasure tokens. So if you want to talk you about know? food, you want to talk about magic, you want to talk about anything, send it. Whoever wrote that email, 
I hope you choke on your angel smoothie and transcend to heaven. Yeah, I'm just going to halo fountain alt all over you uh, as payback <laughs> for that emailer. Sounds really gross, to be honest. <laughs> It it's angel smoothies, man. Liquid angels. It's good. All right. That's what uh, we call so it now. Where can you be found on the interwebs? You can see me personally on Twitter, and I can relay the messages to these chuckleheads at uh, Be Nice MPG on Twitter. Uh, or you could just do the podcast account for me. I've stolen the keys to it, and we'll try really hard not to yell at people on Twitter. <laughs> Don't get don't get our but, account banned. But you know, Ben might have to change the password again if this stuff gets heated. Yeah, and not tell you this time. Yeah, yeah. You should have told me to begin with. To be perfectly. <laughs> uh, oh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, that's going to be me next week with the crown. I'm a crowns, oh, more like it. Well, I'm gonna swing by the uh, Burger King and pick you up a little paper crown for whoever wins. It on stream, crown you. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Do they still do that? I have no, dude. To know that, I would have had to walk inside a Dairy Queen uh, burger. Dairy Queen. We're all about the food monarchs here. Burger King. Sometime in the last two years, to know if they still give out paper crowns. Fair. I, I do the inside of fast food restaurants exist anymore? It's like a Our Schrodinger's day. restaurant. Yeah. I always used to go inside of restaurants. I hate drive-throughs and. Now I don't remember what the inside of fast food restaurants look like. Or smells like. It smells like sadness and despair. They still smell like death and sadness. Yeah. This is going long in the tooth. I'm just going to assume that other Dave is still unfindable on the internet, and we'll go ahead and uh, close this one out for the... That is correct. I'm invisible. He's it's gone all. incognito mode. Just look for the guy on the corner in the fedora and the trench coat. That's other Dave. Peace. See you next week. We're waiting to hear your new intro theme song. Yes, it's uh, it's it's uh, based on the Friends theme song because we're all friends here. <clears throat> so, so no one told you that you're no hold on. So no one told you that you won't be on the play. You forgot. You to can clap. edit this. Oh, I clapped. My microphone probably just didn't pick it up. Oh yes. I'll start all over again. I should really <laughs> have written this down. Yeah, so just read it. I didn't write it down. Hold on. I'll write it down right here. <laughs> okay. So here's the song. <clears throat> so no one told you that you won't be on the play. Your hand's a joke. Draws broke. Your man is DOA. It's always like you get. It's like you're always. Oh, hold on. It's like you always get blown out by days when it hasn't been your match, your game, or even your phase. Raw be there for you through the thousand-year storm. Raw be there for you like Raw's been there before. Raw be there for you because you're there for him too. Ooh.